welcome to Ben Vion Spielberg. Uh, I forgot how the intro of this show starts somehow. I'm Emily Schmemily, your resident <laughs> Spielberg apatheticist. I was waiting for you to catch up. Yeah. I am uh, Justin Kizan, your resident Spielberg fanatic. There's not more before that, though? I feel we... I feel like there's normally another thing I say that I left out. I feel you're good. Okay. If you, Dear listeners, though, please. <laughs> Yeah, and just on a postcard, if you if there's a thing we normally say that we didn't this time, please <laughs> let us know. Um, it's what, only episode what? Forty-seven. That's not accurate. It's like forty-two. It's still a lot. And even I, I know that moment we were like, Justin, please tell me what I what, what became before that. I went, um, oh, yeah. I thought that was it. It's tough. It's tough. You what know? what movie did we watch, Justin? Um, well, tis the season. Yeah, tis the season to watch one of the many popular. Uh, not traditional, but it's pretty traditional Christmas movie. Yeah. And this one, uh, pretty obvious for you folks, because you're listening to Steven Spielberg Podcast, this is Gremlins. Gremlins. Came out in 1984. 1984. June 8th. Not a Christmas movie, technically. This was a summer release. Just like Die Hard, which I do believe is a Christmas movie, but came out July 5th, yes. 1988. Yeah. So, you got... That's a four-year gap of your uh, summer movies that end up becoming Christmas traditions. For Does that happen now, and I just don't notice it, that movies that are set at Christmas come out just when the fuck ever? Because uh, I feel like that wouldn't fly today. That, the only one that got away with it was like, the one I last remember getting away with was like Iron Man 3. But that's Shane Black, you know. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's going to stop him from setting the movie at Christmas time. Very true. One of the nice guys came out because that that had a Christmas scene at the end. Yeah, I was waiting too for that too. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, is this the first Shane Black? Oh, there it is. Nope, he got it in there. <laughs> Snuck in at the end. Um, but we're here to talk about Gremlins. Um, yeah. Directed by Joe Dante. Yes. Written by Christopher Columbus. Yes. Um, and of course, produced by Steven Spielberg. Yep. Um, Emily, what is uh, your history with Gremlins? Um, it's a movie that I saw. It was like a catching up movie, you know. Sure. A movie you see at a certain point because it's like you like movies and this is a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was probably about sixteen or so when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't especially like it. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Gremlins too. Really liked that one. Yeah. And that was kind of the last I thought about them until now. <laughs> uh, Gremlins. My, my experience of Gremlins, the franchise, um, I I think this is one of those cases where I actually might have seen the second one first. Yeah. Much like Temple of, uh, Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And this is a case where it's like, it was a, I think I saw it on VHS first. I think my sister probably rented it. Uh, under the assumption I saw the first one, and I realized like, I never saw the first one. But the second one surprised me, it was easy enough for me to catch up what happened, so I, I think we were good. And then... Yeah, HBO just kept playing Gremlins <laughs> 2 on like repeat over and over and over again. So I saw Gremlins 2 a lot. Interesting. And, and then eventually HBO did show Gremlins 1. And it was one of those cases I went, oh, I guess I should get around to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised that like, oh, it's a much smaller movie. Yeah. And not as madcap. Don't get me wrong. Pretty madcap. It gets pretty madcap. Yeah. yeah. But not as madcap as, as Gremlins 2. Yeah. Um, and no, overall, I, I think Gremlins 2 is one of those movies I liked a lot, but I I think I wasn't, I, I think I understood that, okay, Gremlins 1 is definitely the first one. Yeah. And then Gremlins 2 was the crazy, kooky, you know, uh, Was the, the new one. batch officially part of the title of Gremlins 2, or is that just the tagline? I always thought it was. Like, it has, it has been quite a while yeah. since I've seen Gremlins 2. 
But I feel the new batch. That that seemed right. Yeah. They were really into putting those like those yeah. titles in film. Yeah. Not like nowadays. Well, they'll they'll tell you a title and then the movie will give you a slightly different title, despite yeah. what the advertising is saying. And there won't be numbers attached usually too. Yeah. It would just be called New Batch, a Gremlin Story. Yeah. <laughs> right. A little poke, a little fun poke at our friends over at Lucasfilm. <laughs> Hi, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about Joe Dante. Yeah. Uh, what's your experience with Joe Dante in his films? Um, this is embarrassing because mm-hmm. for some reason, in the in, in the hot seat here on the podcast, mm-hmm. with the with the bright light shining <laughs> on me, it's your light too. It's funny. I know. <laughs> I can't think of his other movies. I know I've seen them, but off the top of my head, I I'm drawing a blank. Okay. He did. Um, didn't he do that movie with Owen Wilson a couple years ago? Wow, Gilbert Taylor. That is not Joe Dante. Was that who? It was someone like that. Um. Nope. Some mm-hmm. '80s director did Gilbert Taylor. Maybe it was Stephen Brill who did that. I knew it was someone from the, the '80s or early '90s that <laughs> I liked. I want to point out. I don't know how I knew Stephen Brill like that, but I did. <laughs> uh, no, <clears throat> I'll give you a, a, a quick listing of some of Joe Dante's work. Don't act like Joe Dante doesn't have a couple movies like Gilbert Taylor in his recent attempts. <laughs> Come on. Uh, to be fair, he hasn't done much in a while. Okay. But I will give you here's the here's the the Dante filmography. Okay. Starting with Piranha. Sure, haven't seen it. Uh, Pira- maybe we should what, at some point. Maybe not for the show, but just in general. Yeah. I haven't seen it myself, but I know it's it's the it's basically the satire on Jaws. Yeah. And uh, that and, was a Roger Corman production. And Piranha Two gave James Cameron his start. Yeah. Strangely. Yeah. Enough. Um, the Howling. The Howling, sure. Uh, Explorers. Okay, so far have not seen a one. Inner Space. I've seen that. I enjoy that film quite a bit. That's a fun movie. Yes, I've, I've brought Vor to a mainstream audience. This is very true. I don't think I don't think that's quite actually swallows Martin Short in that film though. Did he? How does he get inside? He I gets thought injected. It, he gets injected. He gets yeah. injected in the martial. That's a fun movie. Inner yeah. Space. Uh, the Burbs. I've seen that one. That's enjoyable. It's fine. I like it. Famously, um, I'm I'm not as enthused about Tom Hanks as the rest of America. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I think I think anyone who's listened to the show should be aware of that. Um, <laughs> Love the terminal though. That they and there again, always that always that cross. Um, yeah, matinee with John Goodman. Don't know what that is. That's a that's a fine little movie. I do enjoy John Goodman. That one is fun. He kind of plays a William Castle style producer in the 1950s. That's huh. a, that's a fun one. Uh, Small soldiers in which he did Gremlins again. Yeah. Yeah. Did you skip over Gremlins? Uh, well, because we're talking about it, yeah. I figured. Yeah. Doy. I would just want to know where it fat, where it fat in that chronology. <laughs> well, actually, people don't know that fat is the fast tense of fit. Yeah. Uh, um, Gremlins came before Explorers, so okay. uh, so Explorers came in eighty five. Gremlins is eighty four. Gremlins two, by the way, was nineteen ninety. Okay. Uh, matinee, uh, nineteen ninety three, and sadly, it looks like his last really big Hollywood effort was Looney Tunes Back in Action. Another film that I haven't seen. I, I've seen it. Um, That's the movie they made instead of uh, Spy Jam, I believe, is what they were going to call the Space Jam sequel at that one point. That is news to me. You've not heard this? I did not know so about one, Spy Jam. At one point, they were working on a Space Jam sequel. They are going to call it, I believe, Spy Jam. Mm-hmm. Do you know who it was going to star in like the equivalent of Michael Jordan? This no. is like the main human. No. It was going to be fucking Jackie Chan. Can you even imagine how incredible that film would have been? Spy Jam, starring Jackie Chan yeah. and the Looney Tunes. It would have been amazing. That, 
have I never heard of that? We wouldn't be doing this podcast because all I would ever want to talk about is how good the movie Spy Jam is, I and I wouldn't have time for anything else. How the hell did I never hear that one? Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about Gremlins in a minute, but just like <laughs> I'm that's I'm out of information. I don't have any more after this. That's ridiculous. But it sounds I would have killed for that one, <laughs> right? It sounds amazing. God, I want to see Spy Jam so bad. Ah, uh, I, I think can still do it. Jackie'd be down. Uh, wow. Oof. Okay. So it sounds like to me, <laughs> it sounds like to me you're not fully aware of. Uh, no, apparently uh, not. I think I, I think I mixed some of in my head. I, mm-hmm. I know Joe Dante is like part of that crew, so I think I probably mixed in some, mm-hmm. some Stephen Brill credits as we already saw. As, yeah, I think well. I probably mixed in some Chris Columbus credits and gave and, and just gave those to Joe Dante. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, okay, so Christopher Columbus is an interesting one to yeah. talk about too, because we're talking about young Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fresh from like, I'm assuming he's fresh from like college at this point, yeah. and like. We're talking about a guy who um, eventually went on to make possibly some of the most blandest movies in Hollywood. Um, You know, he himself had made his uh, uh, another kind of 90s uh, holiday classic, Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Yep. Um, He definitely started off the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. He did the first two, correct? The first two. Yeah. Yeah. and you know he's ups and downs. You know he's he's done your your various family dramas and com. You know Mrs. Doubtfire, I believe, is also yeah. He also yeah. did Mrs. Doubtfire. So it's he's you know like up to you how you feel about Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Um, I do find interesting that for a period in the, between this and he also then eventually wrote Young Sherlock Holmes. Interesting. He had an interesting, particularly nerdy, huh. like writing career. Yeah. And I always felt like. There's a part of me that was like wondering, I wonder if you just like tapped into your youth, if like the young guy who just graduated film school wrote the movies that he liked. And then when he got hired, he's like, hey, cool, I'll just do whatever now. Yeah. You know, tap, eventually doing some fun stuff here and there. But like, I always felt like, huh, the person who wrote Gremlins doesn't feel like the person who directed Stepmom with Julia Roberts. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's a weird observation. It is. It is. It's a strange path he's taken. It's a strange path he's taken. He's my favorite Christopher Columbus. I'll give him that. Yes, fuck the other. Of the two famous ones, fuck the other Christopher. He's firmly my favorite. I will. I will stand by that. Yeah, <laughs> that is the official position of this show because I will also absolutely stand by that. Fuck Christopher Columbus. <laughs> the I don't know if you even want to give him the credit of calling him an explorer. The one that we ch- that they they tricked us to believe he made it. He was a big deal in elementary school. The one that committed genocide, not the yeah. one who didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go into Gremlins. Yes. <laughs> Gremlins. Gremlins. So uh, we start off uh, the film at basically a Chinatown. Yes. In a Chinatown, might I add, a Chinatown looks like it's semi stuck in the 1940s. Yeah, it's there's a cool aesthetic to this Chinatown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that I would, once they go into the shop, maybe maybe borders on, on some like sort of uncomfortable like <laughs> exotic. I don't know what the word is, but you know the yes, the, yeah. they they. The, uh, they were very close. Yeah, they did fine, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I pr- what I main appreciation because uh, we're meeting in this in the film we're meeting at this point. Um, Billy's dad, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who's an inventor. Yes. A shitty. Yes. Terrible inventor. And who's giving voiceover narration that I completely forgotten was in the film. <laughs> I bet you dollars of donuts that was an addition later on. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't, I don't know about that because, like, as you mentioned, the look of the Chinatown here seems to be set in the 40s and he's yeah. sort of dressed like a kind of 
classic Harbwell detective. I think I with that narration, they're maybe going through a little. I'll, you know, fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, he's being taken down to a, a shop by this kid. And this is why I feel like it's okay. He, it's borderline fine. The yeah. kid has no accent. Yeah. Zero accent. He's clearly an Asian American yeah. kid. Though noticing uh, he too is also wearing uh, uh, a New York. Uh, uh, my gosh, Yankees! Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know sports. <laughs> I don't know Could sports. There be a room with two people and who know less about sports <laughs> that it took both of us that long to get to Yankees. Oh, it's so sad. Probably the most famous baseball team. Probably the most famous baseball team. And, yeah. I, and I still couldn't muster up the courage to go. Am I going to say this right? <laughs> anyway, another kid. He's clearly mildly echoing a uh, uh, short round. Yeah. But he doesn't have the accent. When did sure Goonies that. come out? Uh, a couple years after this, I believe. Okay. So because I'm trying to get in the the chronology of Jonathan Quitran. Sure, sure. No, I, yeah, you know, and also it, it, I can almost imagine him considering putting him in that, but yeah. it's just such a small part. And then Key Luke playing the role of uh, the owner. Yes, it's the best I can say it. The kid's grandfather. The kid's grandfather. Yeah. Key Luke is a pretty famous Asian actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, let me check him real quick, he Luke might have played Kato at one point. Oh, interesting. And I believe he also might have been uh, uh, famous for playing Charlie Chan's son in a couple of Charlie Chan movies. Oh. But, hey, at least cool. he's at least he's Chinese. So. <laughs> Anywho, um, interesting scene. Mm-hmm. Inter- this is the setup scene. Yeah. Um, thoughts on this stuff so far? I think... I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I think, I don't know. I, I do get this sort of uncomfortable feeling like uh, this this is kind of a racist stock character of this mysterious old Asian man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, I, I feel like you could probably speak on that more than I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, I don't know. It's it's well it's a well-crafted scene, I will yeah. say. And that, like, as much as I am uncomfortable, I also do kind of want to like be in that shop because it looks sure. very cool. No, for sure. Um, um, I yeah. think the key thing about me being... M- feeling like i don't want to i'm not saying straight up oh it's a terribly insensitive scene is that key luke's performance as the shopkeeper isn't super like yes his look let's not lie his look is very much stuck of that time period um i will but i will say that he did very he was very careful to not have a heavy heavy accent unlike even like my beloved short round yeah who does (laughs) um no okie dokie dr jones here no. in this case <laughs> um so i think it's it's just it's just enough to go to give you the idea of oriental yeah <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's lazy stereotyping but it it's is not it's maybe not like outright offensive yeah so that's fair <laughs> i see that's exactly what it yeah. is for me i i, I was yeah, i was wanna, yeah. I, I was keeping a very close <laughs> eye on the scene because it's been a while yeah so i'm like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> we're fine okay that's okay i've seen worse yeah definitely seen worse representation um in this scene we we were establishing the fact that um this man the the, the father has a is, is a basically door-to-door like inventor salesman yeah it's a w- weird sort of job yeah because um, <laughs> i feel like people who are inventors as much as that job can exist in real life right they either work as like engineers for some larger company Mm -hmm. or it's like they'll like fix stuff while trying to get a patent that takes off right right. it's not i don't feel like this the version that exists in this movie is Mm -hmm. really something that ever exists in real life because he would have if he can promise to give you 12 units of his really terrible devices like where does he go to 
I don't overthink. It doesn't doesn't yeah. matter, but let's just his stuff is his stuff sucks. Yeah. And while he's there, he was hoping to maybe get a Christmas gift for his son. Yeah. And well, I think he had that idea once he heard right. the Mogwai. Because mm-hmm. he's actually there in this exo- like shop that sells like exotic antiques to sell them the bathroom, buddy. <laughs> Which is, it's a buddy. You gotta know it's not gonna work. That's, I, I guess you have to slightly admire the persistence. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know your market. That's yeah, not. It's not. That's not the place to sell that thing. Your shitty bathroom brick <laughs> that shoots toothpaste at you. Um, we're introduced to. Uh, yeah, we are, and this is where we are introduced to. Our, our, our Mogwai. Yes. Gizmo. Gizmo. We don't know that's his name yet, mm-hmm. but we know he's... We don't actually... I was going to say we know he's cute, but we don't see him in this scene. We don't see... We hear him, though. Yeah. We hear that he he's... He sounds cute. He sounds freaking adorable. Yeah. You know. Um, and you hear, like, even, like, mild English words coming out and... Yeah. Et cetera. Oh, and he sings sometimes. And it was like, whatever's in there has to be some kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and this is where we get the first... We're introduced to the rules yeah. of Mogwai ownership, mm-hmm. which is number one, no bright lights and especially no sunlight. Mm-hmm. That'll, That'll kill them. Yep. No exposure to water. Mm-hmm. We're not told yet what that will do. We just know that it's bad. Right. And no feeding them after midnight. Right. Yeah. Ever. Yes. Um, which whole- that last one has always stuck with me is like, how does, how does the Mogwai biological <laughs> clock work that... You know, if you feed it at 11.59, is it fine? Yeah. But then the second the clock strikes midnight, it's bad. Right. If you travel, like if I... if I, Time if zones. I, if I buy a Mogwai in New York and then I take it to California, <laughs> do I need to not feed it before 9 p.m.? How does it work? I mean, and then it would, for me, the question that always got to my brain is also like, if you don't... Okay, no water. But then that means, technically, you never wash a Mogwai. Yeah. The Mogwai. It's going to be a stinky, stinky pet. <laughs> yeah. No way around it. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's, there's like, dry shampoos you could use. Well, I think, actually, the, the closest I realized, like, oh, how do you clean a Mogwai is much like how uh, I had a, f- I have a friend who, actually, yeah, her name's also Emily. Huh. Um, um, I have a friend, uh, Emily, she had, she had a uh, chinchilla. Oh, interesting. Chinchilla sadly passed away this year. Oh, no. But, Sorry to hear that. Um, the ch- how I realized, like, the chinchilla cleaned it himself yeah. by a dust bath. Interesting. And it's this cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. He, She just simply put, like, this sort of cleaning dust in a bowl. And she puts her chinchilla in this bowl. Yeah. And he just spun around like like Sonic. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> it's like he looked just like Sonic going through a thing. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, that is really adorable. Yeah, so I'm assuming maybe that's how you clean a mogwai. Yeah, it can also be like I know like some people give their cats baths, mm-hmm. but like cats do clean themselves, and I think it varies by cat. But like our cat, one of our cats, the one who's who has not given you an allergic reaction, <laughs> reaction, mm-hmm, we've mm. never given her a bath, and she s- smells fine. Like okay, because I think so. I think I don't know. You get lucky with some cats. Oh, so then yeah, maybe that's just maybe that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe it's. Yeah. yeah. So maybe grandma, maybe Mogwai clean themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a little fun chinchilla dust bath, maybe. which does sound adorable. <laughs> but they certainly, but the, the timeline, the time zone thing is certainly the big question. Yeah. Of the, of I the do m- want to know that. <laughs> um, regardless. I would imagine they would adjust the time zones because maybe it's like a moon thing. Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe that's a, it's because we're keeping in mind a Mogwai is a mythical kind of thing yeah. in this movie. Obviously, that's what a Mogwai kind of is. So, yeah. um, 
Also, keeping in mind, the, the, the shopkeeper flat out refused to sell yes. the Mogwai. But you can tell that the, the, the grandson knew that like their business is failing because they're this weird, strange business underground. Yeah, it's in a basement, a, in a no basement. signage. Just, <laughs> yeah. So when, uh, when the father of inventor uh, you know, says, I'm going to $200 to buy the Mogwai, and yeah. he still refuses, the kid's like, well, I'm going to take initiative because we need the money. Yeah. And sells the Mogwai to the father. And then, of course... Yeah states out the three rules and yeah in classic uh sure whatever because that sounds weird he's like yeah. all right whatever sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say and i'm like the fuck it was it yeah no, that's like very important <laughs> dude um takes the mogwai home mm-hmm. now the movie's know. full christmas time full christmas time mm-hmm. we see the town um let me ask this i should have looked this up but maybe mm-hmm. hopefully you did yeah this set when you go when um billy goes from his car to his work yeah is that hill valley no it looks so much like it's hill valley. really close it looks so much <laughs> like the like the hill valley like the town square in hill valley um like we're like in the 50s we're like uh um biff is um chasing lorraine after she bought her dress like that right. stretch of hill valley it looks yeah. just like that stretch i can see that i don't think it is though okay. um but understandably, it echoes that. Um, yeah. The town's called Kingston Falls. Okay. And um, in the movie, of course. Yeah. And for me, one of the big things about that naming of the town is that it's, it clearly echoes the town and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life in terms of its name. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's it's definitely... And even show a clip of It's a Wonderful Life yeah. in the film. So it's got... It's nailing that hometown, small kind of community type vibe. Mm-hmm. Um opens also opens with one of the great christmas songs of all time i forgot the name of it but i think it's darlene love is the singer it's um <laughs> i think it's, it's called christmas then i think in parentheses baby please come home that's it covered by you two for a very special christmas yeah yeah and for have... some for some dumb reason people still play the youtube version sometimes no <laughs> i don't know i don't know why they would because <sighs> this version's so much better <laughs> it's so much better <laughs> Um, we also get we also semi meet uh Corey Feldman's character. That's true. As a uh, because him and his dad work at the Christmas tree selling uh kind of lot lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, overall you get the whole vibe. This is the whole all right, small town. It's Christmas yeah. and everyone's in blah blah blah. Uh, uh, uh. And we meet uh Billy. Yeah. Played by Zach. I never could pronounce his last name. <laughs> uh, Galligan. Sure, that sure. checks out to me um it's funny i the whole movie i don't know how i got it in my head that the character's name was zach <laughs> but it literally wasn't i like i was in my notes i was writing down zach and it wasn't until the end of the movie that i was like oh shit the character's name is billy why did i think it was zach <laughs> and then i got to the credits and i was like oh I, I don't know how that how you switched i don't uh, know how that came into my head i mean to be fair zach also is a nice young sounding kid's name so fair yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and billy and in, in in this year billy is not really. no I don't think there's a lot of Billies running around. There's not a ton of Billies, no. No. Um, so what do we learn from Billy in the first couple, in the first scene? Like, you know, young, he's not a teenager. No. He's a young adult. Yeah. Probably, what, 23? Something like that. I feel like he's in his early 20s. Yeah. Um, only one in the family who's working yeah. properly. He's yeah. got the only job job. Yeah. Because as we saw earlier, his dad does that yep <laughs> mom stay at home seems like it but yeah. he's the only one with like a proper job yeah he works at the bank he works at the bank with phoebe cates yes who's displaying some truly horrendous 80s fashion i might say <laughs> i feel so bad for the women of the 80s sometimes because it's just all 
It's just all shoulders and co- and big poofy collars, like yeah. they were in fucking Shakespeare times. <laughs> and God, it's just a horrible look. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry they made you do that, Phoebe. <laughs> um, this is actually a pretty important film for her career at this point. Yeah, beyond just being it's a big Spielberg, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But her last two films, um, that she got known for was a uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, and a film called Paradise. Mm-hmm. And um, these are both films in which she was used in a very risque fashion. Yeah. So there was some concern. I, heard, I read of some concern casting her because like, oh, well, she's kind of known for more risque movies. But yeah. apparently um, the her, her audition scenes with Zach were very clearly, oh, those two are good together. Yeah. So, and she's good in this movie. Too. She's very good. Yeah. 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 Keith, uh, Phoebe Cates. I, I miss Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yeah. She understandably and very nicely retired pretty early in the 90s. So I respect that. But yeah. It'd be nice to, if she popped up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also kind of get this meet. Uh, one, if anything, like this movie's answer to Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And I forgot. I'm trying to find the name of this horrendous woman. I just uh, wrote down <laughs> Evil Bank Lady. Yeah, let's do that. Evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Billy's dog busted up her snowman mm-hmm. her fancy bavarian snowman <laughs> um that's like a it's like a porcelain snowman yeah um and she wants to murder the dog for revenge mm-hmm. essentially is what she has come in. she's come to the bank to demand that billy give her ah. his dog so that she can kill it like that's real freaking dark oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh her name by the way is uh, miss ruby deggle Ruby Daggle. Daggle. Mr. Daggle. Mrs. Daggle. Okay. Screw the, Mrs. Daggle. Yes. <laughs> the dog attacks her. Yes. Out of self-defense, because, I would say. Because Billy brought the dog to the job. Yes. And he's kind For of... For reasons that are unbeknownst to me. Like, I, I mean, I guess he just figured... A, yeah. I mean, I guess he just really likes dogs. So. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I get that. Like, I, if I... But it's like... I don't know when he started doing that. Yeah. Or, like, when he just figured I can get away with it. Yeah. But... He did, but that's the day when his. I like the idea. His dog felt, felt the, yeah, the sense, the sense <laughs> that this woman wanted to kill him, and, uh, and struck, and struck, and she's doing. She's definitely overplaying the. Oh, this dog nearly killed. Yeah, I was me. really worried that that was going to become like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to keep doing that type of crap, or well, that they were really going to like it was going to be like a, a plot line in the movie mm. that they were going to that this dog was going to be a threat like it's life yeah. is gonna be at risk and i was worried about that because I don't, I don't you know I don't, oh, yeah. I don't like to see dogs get hurt of course um, yeah they kind of dropped that immediately after this scene right, though, right. which uh, is maybe sort of weak from a writing perspective but i was <laughs> i was glad they did it, it did give the dog an out quite yeah. literally um i didn't want to i do want to i did realize like oh we skipped over probably uh for for dante fans a very important cast member dick miller uh who's that tell i don't know who so, that is so dick miller plays uh futterman he's the snowplow guy in the town Okay. Uh, really nice, friendly dude. He talked in the beginning of the movie. Uh, he, you know, and he off you know, while Billy's trying to start his car, mm-hmm. uh, his little his little VW Bug, and it's frozen. Oh, the xenophobic guy who yeah. hated all non-American-made yes. machines. Correct, that guy. Yeah. Um, Dick Miller. If you're a Dante fan, you are aware that uh, Dick Miller is kind of Dante's lucky charm. Okay. Dick Miller has appeared in every. I think if anything, yeah, every Joe Dante movie he's directed. Oh wow. Um, and he kind of plays either nice guy version yeah. like, this is the most i've seen i forgot like truth be told i forgot oh oh i forgot how xenophobic you are in this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't just have an irrational hatred 
for anything not American made, which I would say is was sort of common at the time. Yeah, and no, probably for, still. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but you could the character is definitely like like down to one point we saw his home and he has a Nixon poster still up. Yeah, so it's like yeah, you, that's the kind of guy he yeah. is. Um, and we also uh, after the attack we also meet uh another guy who works at the bank. Judge Reinhold is in this fucking movie. That's right. Another thing that I had completely forgotten. Same. I yeah. totally forgot Judge Reinhold in this movie. And he's kind of playing classic douche. Yeah. Like grade A douche. Yeah. <laughs> classic rich douche. Rich yeah. business douche. Yeah. No. I, I think, is there, is, do we, does this kind of go into the bar scene? Kind of afterwards? A little bit, yeah. Well, yeah. The scene where Judge Reinhold in this movie is also lusting after Phoebe Case. How about that? Much like in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, no, it's, it's typecasting. She just can't get a fucking away from him. <laughs> Sorry um, you got this creep who's still kind of lingering on in your world. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no, they, we go to their their house before this. Oh, Because okay. we haven't even met Gizmo yet. That's right. Uh-huh. So we go home. They have swords on the wall, and, and they're home for some reason. <laughs> I kind of like the detail of the fact that, like, this is, it's just the the, the swords on the wall. Every time the door closes, it, one of them always falls down. Yeah, I kind of like that little detail, and it's just like it's just a simple okay. Like yeah. that's just literally their daily routine. Just, yeah, putting the sword back up Put, on the wall. Yeah, and I guess it kind of shows like this. Like they have a home. It's a it's a nice home. But the, it's its house has got its own quirks because of the kind of lifestyle they have. Yeah, and there's a there was a nice little bit in here where um, the mother is making dinner. Yeah, and Billy goes to help, and she's like, "Oh, you can get the eggs," and he just sort of sighs, <laughs> and he looks at this egg machine that his father has built, and he knows he has to use it because it's his dad's machine, but yeah. he also knows that it's definitely not going to work, so he just sort of. He resigns himself into wasting the eggs, basically. <laughs> I, I, that's my favorite kind of thing about the gadgets in the film. Yeah. Is that Billy and his mom know yeah. they don't work, but they love their dad so much. They're going to keep They're going to keep trying. They're going to keep trying. To the dad's credit as well. I mean, it didn't work, mm-hmm. but in terms of, in theory, one of his machines was just a Keurig. Yeah. So like if he had, if he could have fixed the bugs on that, that would have been big money. No, for sure. No, it's 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 one of those things where it's like yeah, like it's like you can see that his dad's like you're kind of on the right track with some of this stuff. Yeah. It's just you don't have the actual skill yeah. to make it work. You've got the vision but not the <laughs> not the talent. That's exactly what it is. Um and I do appreciate that. No, like there's an orange juice making scene later on yeah. that Billy is like, "Okay, it will work this time. <laughs> you can see that's what he's going to say. It's like he wants to believe in his dad and he yeah. wants to believe this time it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to get fresh orange juice and it's going to be great. No, you're not, Billy. No, no Billy, it's going to be all over the place. Yeah. And it's going to look disgusting. It's going to somehow take on the consistency of sludge. Yeah. I didn't know oranges could do that. <laughs> that's that's horrifying. Like or like yogurt, like a bright orange yogurt like, somehow. I don't know what happened in that machine. I don't know what it did to those oranges. It, I'm afraid of because of how it handled those oranges. <laughs> I mean, it, your father has clearly discovered a process. Yes. Unlike any other, like he's clearly he's created something that should have been impossible, <laughs> and in a way that's admirable. Yeah, yeah. But it's not useful when you want a cold glass of orange juice. No, no. That being said, I will say shitty. Uh, almost destructive household appliances set up in Act One. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a good device. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Pop, come home. Mm-hmm. You got a box. Yeah, Mogwai's in the box. Mm-hmm. Billy shakes the box. Mm-hmm. Emily gets very stressed out about that. <laughs> um, There's a live animal in there. Yes. 
Um, but Billy opens it. We see the Mogwai. We get our first look at the Mogwai. Yep. And somehow, even though I I could conjure images of both these in my mind, it mm-hmm. wasn't until this point that I realized, oh, that's a Furby. Yeah. Like Furby just straight up ripped off the design of Gremlins. And then I looked it up and I found out that Rudge was like, okay, like, you know, we have to do something about this. <laughs> and so they, 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 instead of suing, they just took some settlement money and then released an actual branded gizmo Furby. Right. And that's sort of funny to me about that one. Cause it's, it's, it was well past the film's existence. Yeah. So, it, and I don't think it was out during a, like a, like an anniversary year or anything, they just felt like, all right, listen, we're gonna let you have this, <laughs> but we're getting some of the money, and hell, this might help you. Out. Someone's gonna want a Furby Gizmo. Yeah, um, it's just so crazy that they, they that, did that. The fact that they can get away with it. Yeah, what was wrong with it? <laughs> like, imagine if a company now that had nothing to do with Disney or Lucasfilm was just like release a toy that wasn't Ewok. Right. Like, <laughs> like you can't do that. It's like, guys, clearly that's an Ewok. No, no, that's 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 it's, it's a it's a it's a co spelled K O W E. That's a. That's Ewok backwards from my friend. (laughs) No, it's a co, I'm telling you. It's got like rags and everything. They have the same headset. No, no, that's a different, that's co. It's literally, it's throwing a, in your commercial, it throws a rock at a stormtrooper. Like, (laughs) no, no, it's a space, that's a space soldier. It's a space Nazi. Yeah, that's what a stormtrooper is. That's exactly what a stormtrooper is. Oh, gosh. Um, So, yeah, no, Gizmo is a combination of, of course, you know, um, classic, proper uh, animatronic. I don't actually, truth be told, I don't think there is any stop motion work on Gizmo, mm. but definitely Gizmo is classic puppetry. Yeah. Um, do you know who the voice of Gizmo is? I do not. Frank Welker, if I were to throw out a guess, because he typically does these kind of works. Although I don't know if he was working that far back. <laughs> that's a fair, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fair guess. Do you want to try one more? No. You're good? Uh, is it um, Frank Oz? So I was hoping you were going to say that. It's not yeah. Frank Oz. Okay. Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reaction i wanted um no that was the reaction i wanted so much i mean i guess he did do wasn't he in another movie that was a role kind of like this didn't he do another voice for some kind of creature in an 80s movie uh he later on he started in like little monsters with fred savage maybe that's what i'm thinking yeah but um, I was certainly not expecting you to say Howie Mandel. That's why Gizmo was always asking if it was going to be deal or no deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Gizmo is very cute. Gizmo is very cute. Let's, let's just establish that. Yes. Gizmo is a cute animal. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, Mom decides to take a picture of Gizmo with the flash on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not until after the flash goes off right. that uh, dad sees fit to say, oh, hey, by the way, no bright lights. <laughs> and he tells them the other rules. Um, I became very concerned at this moment in the film mm. because I didn't quite remember where, you know, exactly what the tone of the movie is going forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I got very concerned that it would just be a movie where I'm, I'm going to be stressed the whole time as a, as someone who loves cute animals. <laughs> um, and it didn't end up quite being that. Mm. It, um, but it was, I, I was very uncomfortable by the premise of like, 
this this cute we're you're gonna we're gonna show you this cute thing yeah and then it is both going to get hurt and hurt other people <laughs> right 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 and deal with that emily like an evil <laughs> like an evil version of et <laughs> Um, now did you did hear that uh, that kind of just came out recently, right? Yeah. The uh, what the original plan for Gizmo was for the film? No. So the original plan in the earlier draft, Gizmo mm-hmm. was supposed to turn into the main evil gremlin. No. Yeah. I, I even like you said that, <laughs> and it literally like I got chills in a bad way. Like I, like even you saying that, what, it, it you, hurt me. Do you want to know who saved poor little Gizmo from that from that future fate in the film? Who? Steven Spielberg. Well, God bless Steven Spielberg for doing that. That, Steven, that was correct. Steven that was the w- correct thing to do. Literally, I guess Spielberg was like, "You're not gonna do that to Gizmo." <laughs> so that's why we will come. That's what they came up with the later Mogwai. Yeah, that we'll find out. We'll Spike. talk about it. Spike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also find out it's established also that 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 Billy. Uh, is an artist. Yeah. And he has aspirations to... Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. That he has aspirations to be a comic book artist of Does some that fashion. come up at all later in the film? It does come up um, earlier. It does come up... It, okay, the, the conversation of being a comic book artist comes up during his, his the first scene with Dick Miller. Yeah. Where he says, oh, I remember I'm, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you uh, having your paper books. paper with Lil Abner, and he's, he's like, like, Lil Abner's not on the paper anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also see him drawing at the bar after work. Yeah, we see him drawing like a picture of the mean bank lady, and she's a dragon. Mm-hmm. That's also where we find out that the, uh, Phoebe Cates' uh, Kate, uh, Kate character also works at the bar as well so she has two jobs yeah she works at the bank in the bar uh further proof also judge right well, she volunteers at the bar essentially because she doesn't that's, get paid there oh you're right that's right yeah, yeah yeah um anyway so yeah no we we find out you know that billy's a, a your, your early 20s like kind of comic book nerd yeah. and that's where we also uh finally introduce ourselves to uh uh finally get to see properly uh cory feldman in the film yes um i forget how young he was in this movie. He looks very young. He's, He's younger than I'm used to seeing Corey Feldman. Yes. Because as much as he has a reputation for being a child star, I definitely, I my memory of him is mostly as like a, a teen or near teen in movies. Right. Like Goonies is a near teen. Yeah. Goonies. Stand By Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lost Boys. Yeah. Here, flat out. Oh, you're, kid. you're a kid. Yeah. And he's actually pretty good in this. Yeah. I'm actually shocked. Like, I, I never really... I. I Figuring out how I feel about Corey Feldman now in the 80s period is something yeah. I'm sort of slowly yeah. trying to wonder because I remember really disliking him at a good chunk in the sure. 90s. But yeah. now as I'm kind of revisiting the 80s stuff, I went, hey, you know, like, why was I kind of being... Me- he's not terrible. And he's actually kind of likable in this. Yeah. I actually really like his scene with, with Gizmo. Yeah. This little, like, hey, can you blink your eyes stuff? Like, oh, that's like legit kid. That yeah. feels like a real kid thing. Yeah. Um. Can I point out as a comic book nerd, mm-hmm. I, I like it when um, they try to write, come up with fake comic book titles yeah. in movies and TV because they just sound they sound like they really don't get comic books, so yeah. the names are super wrong. Yeah. So I think I forgot the actual title, but I think it's along the like, oh, did you get is this first issue of Captain Bloodish, <laughs> like bloody? And Billy's like, oh yeah, yeah, I just got like a couple. I'm like. No, it's com- not a real comic. It's not a real comic. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> we can all tell. It's like, um, you know, comics never really had that weird title. Like, they always feel like yeah. Captain something. Yeah. And, like, and then they think, oh, kids like violence. So they, they figure Captain Guns or Knives. Yeah, is like the- Captain Guns. <laughs> Another issue of Captain Guns. I'm like, oh, yeah, not a real book. Yeah. <laughs> Admiral Grenade is on stands now. <laughs> 
major violence is yeah. uh, is coming to play. <laughs> Corporal Morningstar is here to entertain you. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Molotov is on. <laughs> I would read Lieutenant Molotov, though, is the thing. Um, uh, this is also we get to kind of see a little bit of the singing, right? That's like, are we, are we hearing? Is like, this is a part two where we're like... I think so. Yeah, where Billy's showing yeah. like Gizmo singing. And then this is where... Uh, Corey Feldman accidentally dumps, spills some of the water that was in like Billy's like little jar. Yeah, because he ha- he has like kind of like a classic kind of like. Oh, you know, jar. maybe the bar scene was before this. I th- I said it wasn't earlier, but I'm looking at my notes now, and I think you actually were right. Sorry oh, about okay. That. Sorry. It's all right. Yeah, we got over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pete. I gotta remember Corey Feldman's character's name is Pete. Okay. So, yeah, I think this is where Pete accidentally spills the spills some water spills on some water. his back. Yeah. yeah, and this is where we get. This is also the scene where I realized that Billy looks like a really looks like a combination of young Jerry Seinfeld and my dad, <laughs> which doesn't help other people who don't know my dad. But if you know my dad, you you'd see it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and here's where we get like this is kind of horrific. I yeah. will say, like the. Oh, yeah, the birth of the water babies. The birth of the water babies, because poor Gizmo. I didn't like seeing Gizmo suffer like that. I understand that. Yeah. yeah that's kind of the, almost the point to a certain degree. like, poor little Gizmo is yeah. screaming in pain. Yeah. And we're seeing these disgusting... Little fuzzballs sort of pulse on his back yeah. and shoot out. Yeah. And this is some, this is some nice practical effect work. Yeah. Good old-fashioned, like, I know in my head there's, like, a hole yeah. underneath the comic book, yeah. and they're just kind of pushing feeding, yeah. yeah feeding through or even reversing the film yeah whatever the technique but i it's it's still really it looks effective good. it yeah. looks good it's effective yeah and we get to see the birth of other mogwais yes including spike yes he's got a stripe well stripe stripe spike is actually the one i think in gremlins too yeah <laughs> I the tracks uh stripe and he's named that because pete realizes hey he's got a big old stripe on his head yeah uh, and unlike Gizmo, these Mogwais are real pricks. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happens next. My next note is about the scene when uh, Billy is walking uh, Phoebe Kate's character home. Um, I think, well, uh, I think from what I remember a little bit, bef- some before that, um, his dad, he shows his dad what happened. Oh, yeah. And now they're the, now the, 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 the Mogwais are all over the place mm-hmm. running around through the... You know, by, by the tree and such and already his dad's thinking we could probably sell these guys oh yeah his dad wants to have some sort of marketing scheme where mm-hmm. they, they replace the dog as the american family pet yeah yeah already naming the animal after his family's name yeah. so i'm like well hey you know you gotta yeah you gotta make money i get it mm-hmm. um and then i think it's just a bit where we're also finally where he, pete no well, yeah where i think billy does take a mogwai mm-hmm. to his old science, science teacher. teacher yeah yeah so that he can run experiments on, on yeah them. well he, he he takes a mogwai i hope it's not gizmo we don't get a good look at the one he brings but it's he, not gizmo he makes it he makes it birth another mogwai yeah which seems cruel given that he knows it's very painful <laughs> um and no no his scientist his science teacher is like oh yeah i could definitely look into this yeah um it doesn't make me i'm hoping that billy was smart enough to go oh hey fyi the three rules yeah <laughs> it seems like he did because the teacher didn't do anything well didn't intentionally intentionally do yeah. anything yeah um <clears throat> 
it's just should be told like the, the mongoose are kind of running about too yeah. they're they're kind of they're real they're real annoying yeah. you know? <laughs> they're they're causing some hassle yeah gizmo's enjoy gizmo's chill yeah gizmo's all chill you know gizmo's, yeah gizmo's nice these gizmo's, other ones not so much not so much um do we then i think we then do the the scene where he walks kid home yeah yeah it's an interesting scene mm-hmm. because she's sort of morose about the holidays yeah and looking at it knowing what i know <laughs> happened to her on the holidays right it kind of reads as like oh she's getting a little close with zach and she it kind of seems like she wants to tell the story of her dad in this scene yeah but Billy just doesn't quite get it. <laughs> so he's like kind of half flirting with her. Right. Half trying to make her see the joy of Christmas. And mm-hmm. she just keeps getting more frustrated. Like it's, it's, it's a bad time for a lot of people. <laughs> and he just sort of doesn't get it. And she walks away mad and not having told the story. I, and I think it kind of makes, that's actually a pro, that's a, that's, that's a good point about that. Cause it's like, what's turning her away from really committing mm-hmm. is that he's just, yeah, but Christmas. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, no. Like, a lot of people commit suicide on Christmas, and like, people are like, depressed and sad. You know, there's, there's just good reasons to not be happy during this hot this time. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't see the point. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is actually an interesting and a nice of scene. But he does succeed in getting a date. Yeah, with Kate at the end. Yeah, and it's very clear that, that is true. Yeah. It's very clear that those two like each other mm-hmm. even before he even asked her out. So yeah. that's kind of one of those. It was one of those. It's one of those things that you say like, oh, that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. It's now the part where um, uh, Gizmo is watching a Clark Gable movie? Perhaps. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My notes got a lot sparse at this point, to be honest. Okay. I, I don't know. This movie... I have mixed feelings about this movie in mm-hmm. general. Um, I feel like it's just... I think part of the reason why I like Gremlins 2 better mm-hmm. is because Gremlins 2 is so committed to one vibe, which is just as madcap as possible. Sure, sure. Whereas the for Gremlins one, the first half plays out. It's not even, it's not like a comedy. At all it's just it plays out like a horror movie to be. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And then once the actual horror horror stuff kind of gets started, it just very quickly delves into this sort of madcap comedy, mm-hmm. and then we'll briefly throw back to like really dark stuff, like with Phoebe Cates. Yeah, dad, which and I don't know. Yeah. I just I I have a hard time focusing in the latter half of the movie. It mm-hmm. the, it just goes everywhere so quickly. Um, and it is very Looney Tunes asking that there's like, there's not a ton of dialogue. It's just kind of just pure slapstick for yeah. like large stretches of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, it kind of loses me at this point. I can kind of see that. Um, I I, I kind of dug the whiplash in the tone yeah. myself. Um, and because you know, definitely by the point we, uh, when the gremlins start happening, yeah, when when Billy accidentally. Or uh, when Billy does accidentally feed him past midnight. Yeah, because, because they destroyed the clock. Yeah, which I thought, I forgot that detail. But, oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. They yeah. are already setting up yeah. their their betrayal. They wanted to be gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. That that's a thing that, um, probably also the reason why Dante was hired by Spielberg. Yeah. Was the idea that Dante has had uh, experience with um, horror, because he did, I mean, straight horror, the howling. Yeah. And then also um, kind of satire comedy horror, which is a piranha yeah. and the script definitely played with those two angles of it, but also very clear that, uh, that Dante is, is a very adamant Looney Tunes fan. Yeah. Very obviously a Looney Tunes you, fan. I mean, you can see that a lot in, in mm-hmm. both these movies. In both these movies and even in other things he's done, like uh, if you watched uh, his segment in Twilight Zone. Yeah. It's very much like, oh yeah, that's a weird like Tex Avery yeah. nightmare 
segment. And isn't so, an, an old cartoon person's in this movie a cameo, right? Uh, Chuck Jones. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Jones does, in fact, uh, make a cameo in the film. Yeah. Um, I forgot where as a... Oh, man. He's a Billy's drawing mentor. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, it, it, it's actually kind of funny, too, realizing that this is a second Spielberg produced film Mm -hmm. that is also a horror film yeah and we've talked about this a bit when we when we when we discussed jaws is the idea that like it's funny that he actually never committed in his early days a full full horror film yeah i mean there's horror-ish elements in jaws and in jurassic park or whatever but in fact he never fully delved into it yeah and like yet his produced films yeah are closer to the horror genre mm-hmm. than the ones he's directed. Yeah. Um, you know, Poltergeist is straight up a ghost slash horror film. And yeah. Though with some Spielberg is, you know, what people assume is Spielberg or Spielberg or crime, Spielbergian ish <laughs> elements to it. Yeah. And then this one, even closer to the horror movie stuff. Um, yeah. But still a little touch of what people expect from Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it, Billy and, and Gizmo's relationship is mild. Is like on the surface looks like Elliot and E.T. Yeah, but it's really not. It's a very different kind of dynamic the two characters have, especially because yeah. the use of of Gizmo in the main plot of the story, mm-hmm. you know, and his relation and the fact there's a outside force of the Gremlins. And we might as well start talking about Gremlins. Yes, these are. Well, I also wanted to <clears throat> mention just a small detail in the scene when Zach. I keep calling him Zach. Keep calling him Zach. Billy uh, <laughs> feeds them after midnight. Yeah. Gizmo is sitting in bed with glasses on, I think. 3D glasses. Well, is he wearing the 3D glasses? Because to me, he's like holding the 3D glasses as if they were a book, but he's just looking at a pair I, of 3D glasses. I think he's he's not wearing them. I think he has one hand that okay. he keeps putting his eyes to the 3D glasses while reading the 3D comic. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I looked at it and I was like, is he like reading 3d glasses <laughs> okay that's i'm glad that i that we figured that out um yeah let's let's talk gremlins let's talk gremlins um amazing designs yeah amazing designs incredible puppetry work yes. on the gremlins um god help me i do forgot i did forget who was the, the like there was a credited man who for, did the puppetry yeah who's who, who was in charge of the puppetry and i can't for life we find him right now i don't know um Trying to da 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 da. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Let's, I'll just talk about. Keep ta- some, talking about gremlins. Talk Let's about talk about gremlins. gremlins. Um, I think Gizmo's really cute. Um, here's a little fact that people maybe not realize about Gizmo and the mm-hmm. legacy of gremlins. I worked at a dog daycare for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, there's a lot of small dogs out there named Gizmo in tribute to this movie. That's awesome. It's a very popular small dog name. That's a good name for, for uh, Yorkies. It's a good name. It's a yeah. good name for a, small, for a small pet. And Yorkies tend to have similar <clears throat> coloring as Gizmo, so I think that's why Yorkies specifically get named Gizmo a lot. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, Chris Wallace is Chris the, Wallace. The, the, main, the man who designed the mm-hmm. gremlins. Um, It's a thing. It's like, that's the thing I like about me personally, what I like about the gremlin characters yeah. is that there's, yeah, they're kind of repulsive. Yeah. Yet weirdly interesting. Yeah. Like I'm sort of like, I'm like, I'm repulsed by them yet equally drawn to them. Yeah. They kind of have almost that, like, not, it wouldn't be early 90s because this was early 80s, but mm-hmm. like that almost like liquid television vibe to it of I, like, yeah. Art that is sort of 
purposely aesthetically not pleasing. Yeah. Or like to to bring it back to my home turf, the I, I think <laughs> I think they would fit right in in Dino Hatton in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Absolutely. Because they have that look of some of a look that is very sort of coherent and 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 visually striking. Yeah. But not necessarily pleasing. Right. No, I could totally see that. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> they could hang out in um but also it's they're kind of like these sort of weird weirdly entertaining. Yeah. They're weirdly entertaining. And, and by the way, for people who don't listen to my other podcast, that is 1000% a compliment. When I say it from the <laughs> Super Mario Bros movie, I recognize that not a lot of people would recognize that as such, but it is. Yeah. Um no, but they are it, it's crazily entertaining, yeah. especially when they start going into uh, especially when 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 shit really hits the fan. Yeah. Um probably yeah, there's this big sequence where where um, once everyone realizes, oh crap, Gra- the, these the Mogwais turn the gremlins when Billy realizes that yeah especially when he Billy catches that his teacher got killed right yes. that teacher's dead right I believe he's dead yeah right. that teacher his teacher got killed ki- by uh, by the by the gremlin yeah. and it's pretty horrific these are straight up horror scenes yeah um and the scene when <clears throat> um Billy's mom fights the gremlin in the house I kind of love that scene it's really horrifying it is horrifying yeah but I kind of love that scene especially as I said set up faulty. Uh, home appliances. Yeah. Guess what her accidental weapon of choice was? Yeah. A lot of her husband's gadgets. Yes. Gadgets. With the exception of one gremlin that just died yeah. by himself <laughs> because his gadgets are dangerous. <laughs> he, the gremlin literally was like, what's in here? And then just chopped up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that, that too is an example of like a scene where like that scene is like clearly a very genuine horror scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the movie is like, sort of just madcap gremlins screwing around not really being an actual threat right which i don't know it's, it's weird to me i can see that i mean here's where the the whiplash truly happens yeah because you have that scene where the gremlins are full on mm-hmm. this chunk's gremlins are full-on horror characters yeah. they're there and even though they're still laughing like, <laughs> yeah they're still horrified yeah and things are really scary things are really real especially with billy's mom mm-hmm. and and etc and i think the moment of when they get possibly too madcap yeah and i can see maybe this is where you start losing the fear in them is the bar scene yes well, <laughs> yes you're absolutely correct something that also is interesting about the bar scene and the bar scene is you say scene it's like it's, it's a good true okay, be fair yes go the ahead bar chunk like it's like <laughs> the good latter part of the film is all the this bar action yeah yeah and what's weird to me is that kate is in the bar and she's like trying to wait on the gremlins <laughs> like she's trying to do her job she's been serving them drinks for like probably hours yeah, yeah. she's serving them drinks she's, she's like try, one of them has a cigarette she tries to light the cigarette yeah. like and it's just like what is she doing like also what? going back to the rules again yeah water now i guess it's never stated yeah that if beer or any other kind of liquids yeah i think they say wet though right you never get them wet never get them wet but and like, also like they're constantly they're like even soaking if they specifically in beer. said wet like like y'all know what beer is, right? It's water, water with like fermented shit in it. Like, shouldn't like that? There's this one shot of a gremlin like just freaking downing some beer, and his belly belly gets big, <sighs> and the water and the beer's trying to come out of his mouth. It's hilarious. That's definitely fetish stuff. That by is the way. true. We, we, it's debatable whether or not interspace is for, but <laughs> but, but the, the belly uh, growing that's definitely that's something. Absolutely no. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also case like okay, so shouldn't that have meant that? He had like more should be growing out of him. Yeah, it, it should have. That's where the rules get a little shaky. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, this is the madcapness of this is comes from the fact that it's straight up like look at all these different variations. Yeah. Of Gremlins. Now. And sometimes it's very fun, but I yeah. don't know. It it just goes on so long and I I kind of love Detective Noir Gremlin. I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> he's. I kind of adore Detect Noir Gremlin. And, and then, that's, I mean, that's kind of why I think I like Gremlins too, because the whole movie is just this. It's just that, no. Yeah, it, it's just it, different Gremlins who are like, okay, what's my bit going to be? Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, like, Detect Noir Gremlin's great, because he's, so, he's like, I'm not giving any shit about my situation. I yeah. kind of hate everyone else here. Yeah. And there's that one guy with the puppet. Yeah. And you feel like, oh, he's just, just sort of antagonizing. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and, I'm like yeah. and you can just feel the Noir de- Gremlin like, I hate yeah i fucking hate you i yeah. hate you so much i'm gonna mallet i'm gonna hit you with yeah. that um you're right i think that's i feel like when you know like partial okay truthfully yes the key and peel sketch mm-hmm. i feel that's a lot of that's true yes and even dante has even <laughs> tweeted like yeah it's not wrong <laughs> but i do feel like in the creation of gremlins 2 someone probably dante went you know what might be just fun yeah just fun <laughs> big old ball of fun the bar scene, but the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny that I say I don't like the bar scene in this movie, yet I love Gremlins too. <laughs> I, I think it is just because Gremlins two fully commits to it in a way that this movie I, I didn't feel like did. I, well, I'll say I'll say this much about the bar scene: it does drag. It does, yeah. Well, yeah, it drags. It's yeah. very long, and there are jokes in it. I'm like, oh, that's super funny. Yeah. But also, whoo, we've been at this bar. Yeah. With these For Gremlins, quite some time. Quite some time. Um. And I really do not understand what Phoebe Cates is doing in this scene. <laughs> like, seriously, she sh- it would make sense if she was, like, running away or if yeah. she was, like, trying to save the bar. Right, right. But she's not doing any of that. She's just serving them drinks. I think what doesn't help that is because yeah. f- it's so long. Yeah. So if it was a quick bit of business, yeah. if the scene was shorter yeah. and she was still at the bar, I can buy my brain going, okay, so she's just trying to figure out her way out yeah. and feeding them, giving them food and drinks while she figures it out. But the scene's so long yeah. that after a while, you're like, are you just working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine in her head at the moment, she's like, fuck, these customers are assholes. <laughs> I'm gonna. I swear, I'm gonna get a good tip with this. Stuff. I <laughs> yeah. just have to do my best. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> um, the whole town's gone to hell, by the way. Yeah. Like Mrs. Diggle gets probably the most cartoonish death out of anyone. Yeah. Like she gets flung out of the window yeah. by her. Uh, I remember seeing commercials for these, like kind of like these chairs that go up the stairs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. I've never seen one in real life, but she, yeah, I've only seen them in movies. Yeah, I've only seen them in movies, but yeah, she gets. Uh, that gets hot wired by a gremlin, and yeah. she's she gets shotgun out of a out of out of, out of the window uh, like a bullet. Yeah. Um, Billy, of course, has attempted to try to talk to the cops. That didn't work. One out. of the cops played by. I was gonna say. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, here's the kind of nerd I am. When I saw him, mm-hmm. I didn't. I couldn't pull his real name. Yeah. Which is Jonathan Banks. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pull what most people would say is his most famous role, which is Mike Break, from Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad and yeah. and Better Call Saul. But uh, what I did say was. That's Buzz Hickey from Community. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's the kind of nerd I am, and I'm sorry about that, but I, yeah, I instantly recognize this as Buzz Hickey from Community and not I, the other things. Hey, lo- let it be known, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, it's Buzz, like a young Buzz Hickey. Yeah. Look how young you are here. <laughs> it oh, is a trip yes. to see him young because, you know, we get used to this old man version of him that we see in Community or on Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and he's this super, super tough, gruff old guy. Yeah, yeah. He just looks like kind of a goobus in this movie <laughs> and that's he shows up in a few like 80s movies yeah and like he just seems like kind of a a, a soft 
kind of dumb guy. Like I feel that. Goobus is the most appropriate yeah. de- description of him. Yeah. Like, he feels like, yeah, kind of, yeah, a, just a, he's he's soft an int- and sort of ineffectual. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's always got an interesting face. Yeah. That's the thing about Jonathan Banks. His face yeah. is like, oh, it's interesting. And when he grew, got older, like, I can see, it, it, what's cool about it, that's what kind of cool about him now is that, like, yeah. that turned intimidating. Kind of the same thing with, um, what's his name? I wish I could remember. Uh, Michael Atherton, I think is his name. He was Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. Oh, there it is. And he yeah. was the reporter in Die Hard. That's right. And now he plays, like, tough, scary old men. And that's <laughs> super fucking weird. Like, he was Weasley Jerk. Yeah. That you're like, I'm going to punch him and he will go down. Yeah. To, oh. Yeah. He's <laughs> scary. Scary old man. Scary Don't, old Norwegian man. Yeah. Don't go near him. Yeah. Um, Yes, I'm much. I'm totally with you. By the way, it was like, oh, hey, it's Buzz. Yeah, because I'm a bigger. Yeah, like, sorry, sorry. I understand he's great in that show, but like, he's sorry, really... Cranston. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, the cops don't make it. By the way, no, <laughs> no, not a little. I actually, and even Dick Miller doesn't survive his little fate with the with the plow. Yeah, that's true. That was a huge amount of bodies. There's a body count in this film. There's a big body count in this film. Yeah. Um, Billy does finally come in. Uh, right before Billy comes in, actually, just right before Billy comes in, Kate realizes the light, the light roll thing, yeah. and she starts like taking photos of them with the flash. Oh yeah. Um, one big famous one is a uh, is the uh, uh, one famous gremlin in the sequence, I believe, is the um, the um, the flashing gremlin. Yeah. That takes a trench coat. Yeah. Which is referred again, which is referenced again in Gremlins too. Yeah. And I kind of liked. I didn't. I kind of realized I liked that joke yeah. a lot in Gremlins too. But it works better because I know this happened to her when she was younger. Yeah. So I remember in Gremlins 2, she sees the Flasher gremlin. And she just went not Ah, oh, she just kicks it. Yeah. She doesn't kick it here. And I realized, like, oh, that's the payoff scene. Yeah. In Gremlins 2. Yeah. She saw this again and went, no. Fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Billy does eventually get her out of there. Um, and we, the gremlins then proceed to go to the movie theater. Yeah. And uh, why? Well, they need to get they they need to be in one spot. Okay, <laughs> sure, fine. Quick quick thing I want to point out: I legitimately really like the stop motion sequence of all the gremlins mm. coming onto the street. Yeah, it's hella stop motion. Yeah, it, it's super chintzy. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a good aesthetic stop motion, even when it's sort of obviously stop motion. Yeah, I yeah the gremlins just decided they want to watch a movie. Okay. That's that's it. Fine, <laughs> fair. Uh, movie of choice is a Snow White. Which is back in that time period where Disney was uh, not as hardcore strict about their footage. Yeah. Because this is a Warner Brothers film. And yeah. here's here's footage of Snow White. Just, just in there. Just in there. Yeah. They're, they're singing along and, yeah. and such. Um, uh, basically, yeah, they figured, okay, this is our, they're all here. They're all congregated to the, to the theater. They, they seem to really love this movie. Yeah. Um, blow the freaking thing up yeah um one problem though is stripe decided to go find more snacks at a a candy shop at a a, a snow store down the street yeah so he's like he bounces into what it's what is i think is a montgomery ward Mm -hmm. um if you're a a old department store if you don't remember where montgomery ward is yeah or know what that is i don't know what that is it's an old department store and they 80s and 90s. Thank you for telling me. Welcome. I'm 34. Now, did, they, did we have them in California? <laughs> yeah, but okay. I mean, not a ton. Because you say 80s and 90s. I was around in the 90s. Yeah, but we definitely... Here's the thing. It's one of those, like, I saw commercials from Montgomery Ward as a kid. Yeah. But I can tell you where I saw one 
in Southern California. Okay. I don't remember even seeing commercials. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Again, <laughs> I'm, I'm older. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so they decided to de blow the, the theater up. Yeah. To get some, you know, good old fashioned, get the gas open, light, yeah. a, fu- light a flame. Um, Gremlins do catch on to the sequence, and I actually really like the, the use of 2D animation. Yeah. At the, the effect where the Gremlins are. We see the gremlins in traditional 2D animation silhouettes. Yeah. Through the screen. Through yeah. the screen. I went, ooh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a cool effect. And I freaking love the 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 army of puppet gremlins yeah. chasing after them. That's a good shot. Yeah. That's a cool shot and a really impressive like puppet work. Yeah. It's pretty it's kind of amazing when you think about yeah. how many like what the work that must have gone into that. Yeah, just a shot of just them chasing him down a hall. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not always one to be super cynical about CGI and being CGI, blah, blah, blah. It's lazy. But I nowadays I would be like, yeah, I, I know how that shot would be done. Yeah. But here it's like, yeah, I know it's puppets. But, like, I know there had to be, like, at least 12, like, a dozen folks yeah. underneath them trying to move yeah. in sequence. Madness. <laughs> it's madness, yeah. I've been watching the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. Movies that I love. Mm-hmm. Because I've done that to myself. Well, I mean, you've seen it. It's, it's like I've told you, it's a bit of like a sock, Stockholm syndrome sure. scenario. Right? Yeah, all right. I, sure. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I do love those movies. <laughs> um, but I, I, the one thing that does still bother me is like it's a shot, it's like a shot of R two D two alone, and it's CGI, and it's like well, it, he's not doing anything that would, would necessitate it being CGI. Why is this R two CGI? And it just looks he, R2, the words I used when talking to my fiance Sadie while we were watching it was he just looks like so much less of a friend when he's CGI because there's just it's just not right. Um, so I, I was happy to be watching a movie with a lot of puppets in it when I was watching Gremlins. Yeah, um, built uh, theater does blow up. Yeah blow up real good it blows up real nice real nice yeah um but they but they catch when that stripe is still alive and yeah. he's in the department store so mm-hmm. here's our big finale in line by the way with dogs always being a part of the podcast i apologize if you can hear my dog scratching at my door right now yeah she's been trying to go in and out about five times during this podcast so i've just decided that she's gonna have to pick somewhere and stay there what's a gremlin how about that yeah. yeah it could be a gremlin trying to get in um but these mics are super directional so hopefully that scratching is not <laughs> showing up but if it is i do apologize um yeah so, so we have a bigger fight with uh with spite spike carmy stripe <laughs> stripe uh stripe here and um uh, and one of the things, yeah, like uh, uh, Billy's doing his best, mm-hmm. and one of the big things that Billy is, is doing is basically distracting, grab or fighting Stripe as long as he can while Kate tries to turn on the store lights. That would yeah. probably, you know, at least affect him a little bit just so he can get knocked down. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Gizmo goes out on his own. Yeah. In quite possibly the most adorable way to save anybody, he drives around, and I don't care how he drives around. I'm not even gonna question it. He's got stilts. He's got little stilts that we don't see. Yeah, I don't care. Don't like I don't listen. I I don't care if you have to ask where's the motorized. How does it have gas pedal? I don't care. Gizmo is driving a pink Cadillac, (laughs) a clearly Barbie toy, and he's driving around to save his best friend. (laughs) Um, and yeah, the the stripe is doing some huge damage on Billy. Yeah. Now he shoots him with an arrow for mm. crying out loud. At one yeah. point, he he fights Bill. Billy has a bat, but he fights Billy with a chainsaw. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. But Gizmo is is quick to catch on to knowing like okay, those are those windows and it's sunlight. Yeah, 
and the sun's coming up, and if I just open those blinds, I might be able to get Stripe. A little percent, yeah, a little, little, yeah. little, little heroic gizmo. Good I job, like, Giz. I like, I like heroic gizmo quite a bit. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Gizmo saves the day. Giz- yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad it went that way, because I, I don't think I could have taken it if gizmo had gone bad. Yeah. I don't think... No, no. That's, that's Spielberg was right on that. Yeah. That's a bad call. He was absolutely correct. <laughs> Um, yeah, g- g- Gizmo, uh, basically, j- you know, uh, yeah, like, just does a leap in the car, I think he does, like, he even jumps off a ramp, some sort of a ramp thing, mm. jumps down, opens up the window, uh, Stripe gets melted. Yes. Good riddance. Good riddance. And by the way, when we see him, the we also got a little glimmer of, of what it looks like when a gremlin multiplies, mm-hmm. and it's Way more gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way more gross than seeing Gizmo give birth. Because yeah. these, it's pussy. It's bubbly. I want to. There's I a lot of pee. body. A lot of body. Fluids. Fluids. Yeah. And then when he melts, oh, yeah. There's so much inside of a gremlin, <laughs> and you're going to see it all when they melt. I actually was kind of surprised and kind of digging it as a horror guy that I even get one more surprise jump. Yeah. From Dead Stripe. Yeah. <laughs> when he comes down from the water. Oh, yeah. And, like, you get the skull and the skeleton. And I think what's a super cool effect about this is seeing, like, the skeleton melts. Like, I'm, that's a neat effect. That's yeah. a neat practical work. Like, like the like the skeleton melts. Yeah, that's, that's very good, actually. <laughs> Melting bones. Melting bones. That's new. Yeah. I'm, that's, new, that's new to me. Um, so we get a nice little... Ends with a nice little holiday family scene. Yeah. Uh, Kate's like kind of banning uh, poor Gizmo. Yeah. I think she's checking checking his temperature, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That, um, that sounds right to me. <laughs> Super cute, but sadly... Gizmo must go. Gizmo must go as the shopkeeper grandfather. Says he comes correctly. B- yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all fucked up. Yeah. he f- Earlier in the film, uh, yeah. Billy's dad gives his shopkeeper his, his business card, yeah. which I, of course would mean that's how he knows how to get to their house. Yeah. And I'm sure he saw on television. <clears throat> Local town goes to shit. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, the shopkeeper's like, yeah, you guys aren't ready for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, what I did kind of like is that, like, he's, he, and I, I kind of like that. Oh, Gizmo's bilingual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gizmo just, Gizmo knows like the like, Cantonese or Mandarin. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, that like, yeah, the shopkeeper's, it's kind of like, I've got to, you know, I've got to leave. You guys can't, you aren't ready for him, but he is nice enough to go. Like, yeah, of course. Maybe he, one day you can say goodbye to your friend. Oh yeah, that too. And so he does, like you know. And then so we hear, so we, we see Gizmo go like, "Bye, Billy," yeah. you know. <laughs> and which, and yeah, like uh, that leads into the shop. Yeah, you know, maybe one day you'll be ready. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's kind of a nice little. It, it's like it's uh, it's like setting up a sequel, not realizing they're setting up a sequel. Yeah, and even if it doesn't have a sequel, that's a nice little. At some point, you can earn your way for that. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's like a weird little voiceover again at the end. By his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, warning, like next time your shit's on the fritz, <laughs> check for gremlins. It's like, that's right. It's a little cornball for me. It's a little cornball horror. Yeah. Uh, I kind of dig it. I kind of like the cornballness. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on gremlins? Uh, well, overall, like your overall thoughts. Uh, I, I, I've... I like individual parts of this movie a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I think like, like we said, the puppetry is really cool and there's super really good details throughout. 
as a whole, I don't know. It just it's hard for me to connect with this movie because yeah, it does kind of go all over the place and and that it's hard for me to focus in on that last half and I, it just kind of loses me there. But mm-hmm. I, I I like it and I think I think that sort of tone whiplash is intentional. Yeah. I, I don't think it, this movie sort of fails to achieve what it's trying to achieve. It just, I don't know, it's not quite for me. Yeah, no, I can, and uh, I can see that. And overall, like, I I definitely feel like I, the tone, the tone whiplash works for me most of the time. Yeah. I will say, we, we, yeah, when we discovered Kate's realization of her, why she doesn't like Christmas. Oh, yeah. Which is the really insanely dark, her dad died dressed up as Santa Claus while stuck yeah. in the chimney because he broke his neck. Because he was trying to do a nice surprise for them. Yeah, it's... Yeah kind of hella dark and they kind of don't really do much with it after she says it yeah <laughs> um i i was reading up that it almost it's almost like a creepypasta it's almost like yeah like it exists because they, they had this clever idea but mm-hmm. it's just it's sort of super dark without without any meaningful content in it really like it's, it's just dark for its own sake yeah no exactly and like even billy reacts to it like I don't know what to do next after yeah. you telling me that. Yeah. And he even go, even Gizmo was like, <laughs> um, I, I the story about that. I did hear that apparently, while you know Spielberg's idea to like keep Gizmo alive and yeah. keep him a good little furball, yeah. Um, Spielberg was like, cut that. Maybe you should cut that scene. <laughs> and it was Dante insisting on it because wow. he felt like I that to me is the horror film element I mean, of it. He's not wrong in that like that has become kind of an iconic scene it's yeah. just i don't know actually watching it it just it doesn't really work well, i don't no, think it's it's an iconic scene and phoebe's really good in delivering it. yeah um yeah. and i want to give credit to zach Gal- in in the in, eh, whatever. In, in for billy it's not <laughs> an amazing role yeah and he's not an, he's not super incredible in it but i feel like he serves the purpose he does the job he does yeah he does a pretty solid job he's a workman-like it. actor he's likable enough for me to not hate him in this thing yeah. <laughs> he's got uh, those jerry seinfeld and my dad looks <laughs> someone else pointed about like oh grown up steven universe oh interesting right wow. curly hair yeah there it is <laughs> um anyway so yeah the, uh, so regardless of my feelings on the film uh yeah, the whiplash stuff of the tone is both mm. enjoyable for me but also yeah i can see problematic um but the gremlins themselves are so entertaining yeah and gizmo is so adorable mm-hmm. <laughs> and i like the 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 idea of like small town holiday movie gets really crazy yeah crazy weird yeah when evil monsters start attacking it yeah i kind of no, and i can see why like this movie blew up for obvious reasons when mm-hmm. it came out that's that's a that's a hell of a movie to sit through yeah. <laughs> in, with an audience i would imagine and even yeah, it, it's a fun little flick yeah. for sure. Definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, should we do movie recommendations? But and then, but quickly because we we went a little long on this one. Yeah. Um, saw Disaster Artist. Yeah. Um, really liked it. Yeah, nice. Really liked it. Um, should yeah. I watch The Room before I watch that? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you do. Okay. Um, it's necessary. Okay. Even I would say. Okay. Uh, you. Um. I haven't seen it because it's not out yet, but fuck it. Go see Star Wars. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna make that my recommendation. If you're one of these people who thinks you're too cool for Star Wars, get over yourself. They're great movies. See, I thought you were going to mention a little other big movie you just saw that you admitted to liking on Twitter. Oh, I did like Justice League. <laughs> um, so I guess I go go see that because it is enjoyable. It's, I, right. It's, I kinda, just, it, it's so much. 
The movie tries so hard, and it's kind of endearing, and I, it's, and it's I think stupidity. It's, here's the thing. I think it's a fucking mess of a movie. Sure. Absolute mess. But what you kind of said it best is that it tries so hard. And yeah. Like, it does. It really does. It's, it's trying so hard. It's trying so hard. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry it's been this dark. Yeah. Well, I try- we really want to get you guys back. Please. Also, Batman is such a dickhead in this movie. And if you, yeah. if that's what you think of Batman, like I do, <laughs> it, it's refreshing to see a, a movie that agrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's like, I'm seeing them try so hard with Superman. Yeah. It's like, we're sorry. Look, look, see, he's helping. Look, yeah. he's happy. But like, and there's also, there is a part where they sort of call out. They call out that Superman doesn't save people. Yeah. In a way, it seems like they're not going to fix it, but then they do kind of address it later on. Right. But right. the first scene of the movie is like a little kid asks Superman, how many people have you saved? And Superman's just like, um. uh. uh the, the, the CGI mouth is certainly a thing. The, yes, it is. Oh, my certainly. God. That, okay, that's you, you can, talk that scene you talked about? Yes. I didn't know I had to confront it right away. <laughs> I heard about it. I knew of it. I'm like, okay. For those who don't know what we're talking about, yeah. uh, Henry Cavill had a mustache and he didn't want to shave it, so they CGI'd it out, and you can really tell. Like, I heard about that. I heard about it, and I went, okay, I guess I'll deal with it when I see it. And then it's the first scene. It's literally the first scene. I went, first oh, scene. I guess I got to deal with it right now. You're confronted with that, <laughs> that CGI'd lip. Um, so go see Justice League it's fun it's fun and yeah. go see Star Wars The Last Jedi because no, even if it's somehow terrible which I doubt it will be it, you should see it anyway <laughs> Plex? yeah uh, once again you could find me on Twitter at Justin Keys on that Instagram at Justin Quiz I of course have a second podcast on the Ben V Network which is nothing new with Andrew Lindy uh, our last episode was on A Christmas Carol uh, the 2009 Jim Carrey one and the 1938 Christmas Carol. Um, also, hey, don't forget to check out me and uh, Victor Kamba's a free web comic book, Shining Yusha, on Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook. And you can, it's a free, free book. Check it out. Superheroes and very good. giant monsters. It's fun. Yeah. Go ahead, Emily. Um, I do another podcast on this network. It's called. Super Mario Brothers Minute. I forgot the name of the show for a second. My goodness, you pick, you plugged it earlier. Too. <laughs> I'm very tired, and I did eat a big old plate of nachos before we started recording. Um, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Minute I do with Andrew Lindy, who you might remember from a couple seconds ago when uh, he was on the show that Justin was plugging nothing new. Um, on the show I do with him, we watch the Super Mario Brothers film. Um, it's a very great film. We watch it minute by minute. Every ep- every I've become from New Zealand now. Um, every episode of the podcast is about one minute of the movie, and we also watch the minute the number of times that it is. Um, we're coming up on minute sixty, which means we will watch that minute sixty times. So you're watching one hour, yeah, of the same minute. Yeah, all right. It's really good actually because this is my fa- this is my favorite sequence of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when they're in the club with Big Bertha. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, it's a fucking joy to watch this minute sixty times. Like it's, like I've like people will say to me like, oh, why would you do that? You're gonna drive yourself insane. That must be so horrible watching the same minute sixty times in a row. Then you jump cut to me watching this minute sixty times, and I'm just like, this fucking rules. I'm so happy that I get to do this because this is an amazing minute of an amazing film. Um, so you can check out that podcast. Like I said, it's called the Super Mario Bros. Minute. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at very cool Emily. You can follow this show on Twitter at Ben on Steve. You can write us an email at BenViewOnSpielberg at gmail.com uh, and rate and review us on iTunes. That that helps us out when we like it and we like you if you're a person who does it. 
Anything else? I think we're covered. Join us next month where we'll be talking about The Post. Yep. Yeah, a new Spielberg film. A new Spielberg movie. Yeah. So Uh, see you then. Yeah. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite. Unite! This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.